0: Podcast for Grain Week 17, where we discuss how rail service performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg Northy from Pulse Canada. I'm joined by Milt Proye of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you today, Milt?
1: I'm good, Greg. How are you?
0: Yeah, pretty good. So we had the ATC week 17 report, uh, come in it's recently published. And obviously this was right smack dab in the middle of, uh, the, uh, obviously the flooding situation in, in, in British Columbia and, and, a lot of rail outages, you know, CP, I think was up and running potentially during that whole week, but CN was not. So they had to, had to, uh, share a single line, um, you know, I think this is a good example, this report, particularly of, of the kind of impact disruptions like this can have on the sector, because obviously the, the performance for CN and CP was quite low. Um, so what did you see in the week 17 numbers, Mel?
1: Yeah, well, I think quite low is generous. Um, you know, for anyone who's seen the data, uh, CN at 52% order fulfillment, CP at 48 two things come out of that. I think that might be the first week this year that CP has performed more poorly than CN. Uh, and it's absolutely the worst performance we've seen in any week so far this year for both railways. So, you know, not good uh, by anyone's definition. You are correct. Uh, week 17 is, is uh, week two of the service disruption in Southern BC. Which was largely focused uh, west of Kamloops or south of Kamloops, depending on how people look at it. Um, we did have CP reopen partway through the week on the 23rd, which was Tuesday of that week, I believe. So, you know, for uh, at least half of week 17, there was some access to and from Vancouver, albeit limited. Uh, as you said, CN was closed for the duration of that week and, frankly, just to preview week 18. They were still closed in week 18. Um, so there was some capacity, but it was very limited. So we've got one line instead of two. There's no bi-directional running. Um, so everything in both directions for both railways is trying to squeeze onto CP's uh, main line, which, you know, is operating at uh, with capacity restrictions, slow orders, whatnot. Um, so not good. Um, and, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit later about how things have changed in the last few days. But for week 17, it it was an issue, uh, to say the least. Not the only issue, though, interestingly enough, um, uh, for either railway. Uh, When we look at CN, Vancouver was, without a doubt, a big, big problem. Uh, They only supplied 34% of the cars that were ordered by shippers. Uh, A couple of things there. One is For me, I was a little surprised that CN was continuing to accept orders into the Vancouver corridor, given that their railway had been shut down for a week at that point. And presumably they had some visibility going forward that they probably were not going to open, you know, for some time yet. So the fact that they allowed shippers to order cars, created expectations in shippers that CN would supply cars, and then they didn't. So thus we have the resulting performance. But beyond that, Prince Rupert was not pretty at 42%, and the U.S. was not either at 48%. But when we look at those two corridors in particular, you know, the issues are obviously different, I think, than than the Vancouver issue. Um, The U.S., just because it's easy, I think, personally, I think that's a one-week anomaly. Um, You know, through the first 17 weeks, CN has averaged 88% order fulfillment every week in that corridor, so for them to come in at 48% this year, or sorry, this week, um, you know, kind of an outlier. So I would expect that one to turn itself around unless there are deeper seated issues that we can't see. As far as Prince Rupert is, uh, goes, it's, uh, you know, well below what they've averaged. They've been about 79% uh, over the course of the year on a weekly basis but they've been very inconsistent, you know, they've bounced from 50% to 90% and back week after week after week, very inconsistent service in that quarter of this year for CN. Um, so really bad in week 17, maybe we see a bounce back in, in week 18. Um, does make you think though, that, uh, you know, trying to divert traffic from Vancouver to Prince Rupert, um, not such a good idea when you see how CN is servicing uh, the traffic that's in the corridor now and frankly the volumes are not large there was only 500 or so orders for Prince Rupert in week 17 so a third of quote-unquote a normal week um, and they couldn't deliver so to throw more traffic in that corridor to try and take some pressure off Vancouver I would suggest is you know from that perspective alone probably not a good idea Moving on to CP, uh, Vancouver was very much the issue. Um, You know, it represents 75% of their outstanding orders coming out of week 17. So that totals about 1400 or just under 1400, which is quite a bit. Um, However, interestingly, they also struggled to supply cars for the Thunder Bay corridor, where they only filled about two thirds of the orders that shippers placed. Those difficulties were largely Focused on Manitoba shippers, uh, which is where the majority of Thunder Bay orders tend to come from, as much as anything, because of geographic proximity. Um, so, you know, with CP running at 95% order fulfillment or better, pretty much week in and week out to Thunder Bay this year, for me, this looks like an outlier. I, I There's nothing in our data that would suggest. That there's a systemic issue there or something that we should be looking at other than you know will performance improve in the coming weeks so vancouver 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 for cp uh with a little bit of uh, trouble going to thunder bay
0: yeah thanks for that Milton. yeah hopefully that is a sort of a one-week blip for thunder bay the cn uh, prince rupert one's interesting because you know, throughout the course of this, this, uh, you know, this outage in, in Vancouver or the, or the, the limited capacity there, there's been a big push from, you know, many to try and drive more traffic into Prince Rupert and, and potentially those kind of numbers um, that we're seeing there, the inconsistency in, inconsistency in that corridor maybe uh, gives people some hesitancy in, in trying to utilize a corridor like that uh, going forward.
1: Well, I, I think, uh, you know, Certainly that would weigh uh, on shippers uh, giving consideration to shifting orders north that way. But more importantly, I think people need to understand that it's not, it's easy for someone to say, hey, we've got a corridor going north. Let's just move traffic up there and take some pressure off Vancouver. But when you think about the integrated nature of this supply chain, it's not just about being able to say, okay, I'm going to order cars for Prince Rupert instead of Vancouver. You have to deal with terminal issues. You have to deal with contract issues you have to deal with vessels no point shipping grain to Prince Rupert if the vessel that grain was intended for is sitting at berth or at Anchorage in Vancouver so it's not a simple thing to do um, but at a very high level when you look at CN and the way they've performed in that corridor it certainly doesn't uh, you know enhance the argument that that kind of diversion should take place.
0: And yeah, for sure. And for, from a provincial perspective, anything catch your eye in in specific provinces on, on what we saw in week 17?
1: No, not particularly, you know, as you'd expect system performance is pretty bad across the board that kind of trickled right down to the provinces. CP was, you know, terrible across the board. I think they were 41% in Alberta, 44% in Manitoba and 52% in Saskatchewan. So just ugly. Um, and it was, again, much like at a system level, it was about Vancouver and Thunder Bay. Uh, and CN, uh, again, not great, particularly bad in Alberta at 29%. Um, Vancouver, a huge issue for, for Alberta as it always is, but also Prince Rupert and CN was bad in both corridors. Um, and unfortunately, we see the focus of those failures once again landing in the Northern Alberta Peace Region. And given that this has been going on now for over four months, uh, pretty much consistently, I think we've got some systemic issues up there. It's, it's easy to say that shippers uh, didn't get cars because they wanted them for Vancouver. Uh, but, you know, Vancouver hasn't been the issue for 16 weeks in a row. And and CN has been bad up there for the better part of 16 weeks in a row. Yeah,
0: so let's let's turn... Uh, a little bit to to what now I mean obviously these numbers are really reflective of 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 a huge event that um, wiped out the capacity to Vancouver and you know to some extent it's it's i know looking at some of the pictures when that first happened it's it's impressive that you know c p was able to get up and running so quickly and even move trains through there, and so you know the you know some kudos should be given to them because it seems like a pretty impressive engineering feet to even get anything going through there Uh, now that you mentioned, yeah, they've got uh, directional uh, running rights up again, or in the co-production agreement through the Canyon, we're expecting to see potentially more, more capacity uh, available. Um, You know, what should we be thinking about now as we move forward from, from, from this event?
1: Uh, Well, patience, I think in the near term is likely called for. Uh, Obviously, as you say, this has been a, Uh, devastating uh, interruption to the flow of uh, not just grain, but all goods to and from the Port of Vancouver, arguably the most important port in the country. Um, So things are looking better. CN finally got their network back up and running on the Ashcroft sub-west of Kamloops uh, on this past weekend. So for context, for our listeners, we just talked about week 17 performance We're always obviously behind because we're reporting post week. As we speak right now, we're in day three of week 19. So we'll watch performance through week 18 and then going into 19 to see, you know, that turn into some positive numbers. But what we've got is that CN is back. As far as we know, uh, they're still operational. I think they had a bit of a stop and go uh, on the weekend when they tried to restart, but I think they're still running. So just that, you know, will at least double the throughput capacity um, to and from Vancouver because you now got two lines instead of one. Both lines are, you know, still running at reduced capacity. And I have to believe they both have slow orders because they've effectively made temporary repairs to be able to resume operations. Um, and, and that's likely to continue, I would think, into the spring because... Some of the repairs that they probably have to make, you know, long-term, quote unquote, are gonna require full-blown engineering crews um, and track, you know, service outages and that kind of stuff, which typically is the work that gets done in the spring and the summer. So things are better, uh, but I don't think people should think of them as uh, normal. Um, Backlog is going down. We see that for grain. Um, You know, our numbers that we look at every day would say that Cars trying to get to Vancouver that have been under load for some time is down to about 2,300 this morning, which is down from a peak of about 4,800 two weeks ago. So definitely some improvement there. Um, you know, and, and grain shippers who probably are the principal audience for that reporting probably look at that and say, you know, we're, we're getting to the end of this and things are gonna be better. And in part, they're right. I mean, I don't want to rain on anyone's improvement parade, but people need to remember that grain is is only a part of this problem, you know, maybe a third, maybe less. And just to provide some context around that, if we look at, you know, another source of reporting, the the weekly railway performance measures that the railways report to Transport Canada for the week of November 20th to the 26th, um, which roughly corresponds to week 17 for Uh, for the grain week. And when we look at what CP reported for that week, uh, they reported an average of 9,000 cars per day, not moving for two days or more on their system. And grain, because in that reporting, it's broken down by commodity, was about 30% of that. So this is an issue that goes well beyond grain and while it's good that grain uh the problem seems to be starting to get resolved with the reopening of cn and the movement of trains to and from the port people need to remember that the world is bigger than grain you know we have 80 vessels in the port of vancouver today uh between what's at birth and what's at anchorage and only 24 of those are grain so you know there's that 30% number again. So w- w- the railways, you know, kudos to them, but they've got a ways to go.
0: All right, thanks, Melt. Uh, really interesting and, and definitely something we're gonna be watching. Going forward, hopefully, uh, hopefully fingers crossed, everything remains uh, good, weather conditions hold up and they can start to move some of these trains. For those of you who would like to see the Ag Transport Coalition reports, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.